Well, good morning. Most of you guys I have known for most of my life, and so it is an honor. I've known Brother Dunbar for a long time. My dad was here at this church for a short time before he went home to be with the Lord, and uh, Brother Dunbar was a great blessing even then. And so uh, I don't count it lightly that I get to preach ever, but then to be able to preach to you, uh, Lord willing, it'll be a blessing this morning. Uh, if you would, grab your Bibles, Matthew chapter 16, and uh, hopefully it'll be a help. My, my voice is a little, little off. I led singing at Youth Ablaze, and uh, well, we killed it a little bit, and uh, then Sunday, if you would be in prayer for Pastor Legault, uh, he's, he is hurting quite a bit uh, over the last few weeks, and so I've kind of taken on a lot more stuff uh, in general, but uh, he slipped and fell after Brother Roscoe's uh, celebration of life service, and so he has been in some pain with his low back, and so that's why he's not here this morning. He wants to be here, wanted to be here last night, and uh, just... He can't sit that long in a, in a regular seat. Uh, he's usually in his recliner if he's sitting or he's laying down or he's up walking for about 10 minutes and then he goes back and just rotating till he can uh, get through some of that. So be in prayer if you would for him. Uh, but he sends his regards. He loves this church as well as uh, being able to be at the Pastors Fellowship. So he's, he is at home this morning. So uh, Matthew chapter 16, verse number 13, familiar spot. He says, uh, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, Jesus asked the question of these men, Who do people say that I am? Uh, what do people think of me? Uh, and then, of course, he asked them in particular who they think. And we know those two answers. And, of course, Peter's answer is amazing. Uh, one of the greatest declarations of who Jesus Christ is and who he is. And ultimately, uh, the thought process that I had this morning and for this was, uh, whom do men say that I am? Uh, who do people, what do people think of you? Now, we can't live our lives, I understand that, by the idea of men being respecters of persons and, and covering those things. And you, you don't want them to think, you know, uh, all these different thoughts of you. And sometimes we want to be men pleasers, and that's a terrible idea. Uh, we don't want any of that idea. That's not the concept I'm talking about there. Uh, instead, I want the concept more of let not your good be evil spoken of. Uh, the idea that you and I are supposed to be different. Uh, pastors especially have gotten quite the bad reputation at times because uh, they haven't been the men they ought to be. And the last thing we want, I don't believe that anybody in this room would want anybody to think terribly. And I think we ought to have a good mindset of the idea of what man we should be. What is the man that we should be? Uh, the scriptures talk plenty about different types of men in the Bible. You have the young man, you have a wild man, you have a dead man, an old man, you have a plain man, a hairy man, a smooth man, a prosperous man, a poor man, a wise-hearted man. We could do this for a long time, couldn't we? Uh, my, mighty man of valor, we have valiant men, godly men, you have a deaf man, you have an unjust man, you have a cruel man. You have all sorts of them. There's, there's piles of different types of men that are throughout the scriptures 
And this morning, I want to thank just for a few moments here. I don't want to take a lot of time. I'd love it if uh, Brother uh, Cellini and Brother King get to have just all the time they need and not have to slow down. And so first guy, my job is to preach it and get out of the way so they have plenty of time and the Lord can keep working. And so let's have a quick word of prayer and let's think about just for a moment what man we should be the type of men we should be. Lord, I do thank you for the morning and I thank you for this opportunity. I pray, Father, that I wouldn't say anything that I shouldn't say today, that each and every word would be a word fitly spoken. And Father, that you would get all the praise and the honor and the glory. I pray that you would bless these men for coming out today and taking some time. I pray that you would encourage them and you would strengthen them and you would help them in their ministries. And Lord, that Jesus Christ once again will be praised, honored, and glorified through everything that's done this morning, especially here behind the pulpit. And Lord, we pray that Jesus Christ would sound a trumpet soon. We get to go home and be with our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Turn over, to, if you would, uh, to Proverbs chapter 12. Proverbs chapter 12. And you notice that uh, Jesus here was making the statements of uh, whom do men say that I am. And a lot of people have a lot of ideas of Jesus. And I won't get into those yet, but uh, he is definitely certain things and he's certain things to us. And as I look over and I had some thoughts and I'm just going to grab three types of men we ought to be uh, this morning. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 2 he says this, a good man obtaineth favor of the Lord, but a man of wicked devices will he condemn. Uh, we ought to be good men. We ought to just be good men. Uh, the truth is there's not a lot of good men anymore. Uh, there's, men have tainted the idea of being good. They've, they've walked away from just being good. Uh, we heard it last night. I thought that was fantastic, Brother King, preaching last night and uh, saying that we ought to be gentle gentle as we walked among the people in our church as we tried to help them being gentle being good to them just reaching out you realize that if we're good to people we'll obtain favor of the lord Amen. i want the lord to look favorably on me uh, i would hate to have the wicked devices that show up that condemn us oftentimes we don't take time to be good to people right. uh, just taking some time just to be good uh, to do good uh, of course, we have, there's plenty of references. We'll go to a few of them, but uh, you realize we all know the verses, Psalm 37, right? In verse number 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in them. Uh, we don't think sometimes what we're doing and why we do what we do. We're so, we're so conditioned to do things in the order that we do them and why we do them and how we do them. We just do them. We don't think generally about why we're doing what we're doing or how we're doing what we're doing. We've just always done. We get into that idea of our traditions and some of our traditions are good traditions. We ought to keep them. Uh, amen. But at the same time, sometimes we don't think, well, why did I do this? I started a series a while ago and I've, I've been kind of putting pieces into it and just kind of adding to it a thought uh, every once in a while and, and not necessarily on, uh, on anything particular, but the idea of the importance of. And so I, I have a message on the importance of the Bible. Uh, not necessarily just the King James Bible and, and why we believe it and all those things, but why did, why did God give us a Bible? Why is it important? Uh, people lose the, why is that important to us? What does it matter if we have it? 
uh, the importance of prayer, the importance of the local church and having a church you can go to and attend and be with, uh, the idea of just the importance of being a witness, the importance of a good testimony, the importance of the judgment seat of Christ, the importance of all these pieces, because people don't think of why should I be good? And am I doing the steps in the order the way that the Lord would want me to do? The order of what we do and why we do and how we do what we do is so vitally important sometimes and we often neglect it for the idea of, well, I am just on autopilot. It's what I do. And we don't take time to think of what would be good. What would be good today? Uh, Psalms 112. Look over there. I like this spot. Psalm 112. Psalm 112, he says this in uh, verse number 5. A good man showeth favor and lendeth, he will guide his affairs with discretion. Good judgment. Proper judgment, discretion. You know, sometimes we don't take enough time to be good in our discretion. We see it and we go, I've seen that before, I'm going to run to it. I've seen that situation. I've seen that problem before. I have the answer, boom. And you don't listen to anybody, what anybody was trying to tell you at that particular moment. You didn't gather all the facts, but you already know the answer. We can't do that. We've got to be good. We've got to take some time. Pastor Legault, I, I love one of the things that he says. He says, uh, when we react, we're going to do it wrong. Our reactions are wrong. Why? Because that's our flesh. That's the automatic reaction. Uh, we need to slow down and do what? Just be good. Take a moment. And realize that sometimes we don't see everything right away and we need to slow down just for a moment and make sure that the pieces are right and make a good, a proper judgment. Have some wisdom and discretion in the moment so that we could be good men. The world, our churches especially, need some good men. Uh, the sad truth is that, uh, I, I mean, we look around at, at pastors that have gone on to be with the Lord and they were good men. And we need more good men to step in their places. I am, I, am, I, I am saddened repeatedly thinking of the churches that right now in our state don't have pastors because nobody's just stepping in. And we just need some good men to step in. Some good men that would be willing to do and lead and follow what the Lord wants them to do. We understand in Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 22 that a good man, he leaves an inheritance to his children's children. I think we ought to have that on a physical side. We may not have a ton, but we may ought to be able to leave an inheritance. But we ought to leave a good godly inheritance as well. A good spiritual inheritance that they can hold on to and remember. Uh, we spent quite a bit of time at Youth Ablaze remembering some things with Brother Roscoe. He's got a good heritage. He's passing on a good heritage and a good remembrance. Uh, the men, many different men that we know this year have passed on over the last few years, uh, and they've left a good heritage, a good spiritual heritage. Uh, we ought to be able to do that by being good men. Good men will leave a good heritage. Uh, look over uh, Proverbs chapter 14. Proverbs chapter 14. In verse number 14, he says this, uh, it says, The backslider in heart shall be filled with his own ways, and a good man shall be satisfied from himself. Satisfied from himself. Uh, aren't you just tired of you? <laughs> I'm tired of me. 
Uh, most We don't do everything right. We don't think everything the way we're supposed to think it. We don't do everything the way we're supposed to do it. We don't say everything the way we're supposed to say it. Boy, I'm tired of messing up. And a good man ought to be tired of messing up. Satisfied from himself. Uh, just tired of making the same mistake or making another mistake or doing this. And we ought to be, right, the backslider, he, he just fills with his own ways. We ought to be tired of doing it our way and doing it his way instead. It ought to be his way. And a good man, that falls under that same idea of the steps are ordered by the Lord. Uh, a good man is satisfied from himself. He'll be tired of his own sin and trying to do it the way that he knows he ought to do it instead of the way that he wants to do it. Uh, we do things so many times on autopilot that we just want to do. We want to do it that way, and that's the way we've done it, so we just do it. But we ought to be able to understand that, guess what? God has a better way, and we ought to change the way we do it if he wants us to change it. And we ought to be tired of our sin, and we ought to try and be uh, what the Lord says in Psalm chapter 5 and verse 12, that a righteous man aboundeth with blessings. I think we ought to be a good man, but we ought to be a righteous man. We ought to be a righteous man. We ought to try to do right. Uh, being a good man isn't the same as being a righteous man. See, a lot of people can think that you're good, but you're not righteous. See, righteousness is a funny thing. We understand that in the scriptures, right? All unrighteousness is sin. Righteousness is not the idea of being good. Righteousness is doing the right thing every time. It's not the absence of sin. It's the constant effort of trying to do right see jesus christ he shows up and uh when he shows up at the baptism that john is doing and john's baptizing him there in the jordan and he says uh hey all right john i have you got to baptize me <laughs> and john says whoa i have need to be baptized of thee i'm not doing that <laughs> what's jesus's reason to get baptized Suffer it to be so for righteousness' sake. John, it's the right thing for me to do. He didn't have anything to get right with. He didn't have anything he, didn't have anything he had to repent of. He's Jesus. Mm -hmm. Say, well, why did he get baptized? He got baptized because it was the command for all of Israel. And he says, if I'm, if I'm going to do it right, I'm going to show everybody what's right. Jesus Christ just did what was right. Oftentimes, you and I, uh, we, we don't take time to think, well, what would be righteous? I'm just going to keep my hands off that. That way I won't get in trouble. How many times do you tell your people you can't be neutral? If you're in neutral, you're in trouble as a Christian, aren't you? I'll just go with the flow. Well, that's a terrible idea. As a Christian, that's a terrible idea. So what do we got to do? You have to engage to do right. Being good isn't always doing right. But righteousness is always doing right. And you can abound with blessings if you're righteous. You realize that in Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 11, uh, the, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. Tries to bring life to everybody around him. Speaking the right things. The right things. We oftentimes start to say the wrong things because we would like to have a shock, a shock and awe moment in a message. Or I, I don't like the idea of someone being crude in their preaching. I don't like it. Um, you know, some guys, uh, they, they want to do that. They get their little shock and awe moment. I, I think that's a, that's a terrible time to do it. 
I just think it is. If you disagree with me, go ahead. I don't care. Doesn't, that doesn't bother me. Uh, in my opinion, uh, I was doing a preaching class a little while ago for some of the men in our church. We've got quite a few men that are, that are looking to, uh, they may not go into the ministry, but they want to be a help if they need to be, if they need to fill in somewhere at our church or maybe even another church or something, they're, they're looking to learn some things. And so I did, a, I did a quick preaching class. One of the things I said to them is, I said, the pulpit is not the place to be rude and crude. You ought, to be, you ought to be a gentleman in the pulpit. You ought to try to be. That doesn't mean uh, that you shy away from preaching the truth and doing what's right at the pulpit, but the truth is that sometimes uh, we, we try to say things to try and push somebody too far, to try and make them move in that decision, and, and you don't need to do that. It ought to be a well of life. It ought to be an encouragement in bringing life to them. In Proverbs 13, a righteous man, in verse number 5, he hates lies. Uh, just one page over, he says in verse number five, a righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. A righteous man, he hates lying. He hates doing the lying, but he hates hearing it too. Man, I, we're living in a world full of lies. I, I, nobody knows what's happening anymore. Uh, I'm, everybody thinks they know what's happening. Nobody knows what's happening anymore. Uh, you know, uh, diseases and what's happening in the Ukraine between them and Russia and what's happening over here and what's happening. Everybody's looking around. Well, what's the truth? How do you figure it out? You got 805 sources. Everybody says something different. Everybody wants to say that they know what they're talking about and going through. We look around and go, I'm tired of this. Bunch of lies. And then on top of that, you get false preachers and false teachers and the false prophets coming through and they're preaching the wrong things. And uh, you know what you ought to be? You ought to be sick and tired of everybody lying to your people. Yeah. And they go on and, and churches and men in churches go on. And I'm, I'm whew, I got a man that uh, left our church. He left not the best, but not the worst. Uh, you know, he kind of that middle ground where he, he, but he's reaching back and he's talking to people and he's giving false doctrine. And I told one of my men, I said, you just stop talking to him. Just stop talking to him. I said, and if he keeps talking to you, you just let me know. <laughs> say, why do you say that? Because I'm about to grab a sword and I'm about to be done with this idea. It's a bunch of lies. I hate lying. I hate, I hate dealing with it. You listen to it over and over again. And eventually, you got to figure out when you're going to take the sword out and go ahead and eliminate that problem. Uh, but you get into those things. You realize in Proverbs chapter 21 and verse 12, he says, The righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked, but God overthroweth the wicked for their wickedness. You have wisdom with the wicked. How can you deal with them? How can you help them? Or how can you keep them from being around all of your folks? How do you keep them from entering in and causing problems with the flock. You ought to be wise. If you're going to be a righteous man, you've got to be wise toward wickedness. And on top of that, in chapter 25 of Proverbs, in verse number 26, he says that you won't be bowing to the wicked. Just because they're wicked men doesn't mean that you have to bow down to them. He says in uh, Proverbs 25, 26, a righteous man falling down before the wicked is as a troubled fountain and a corrupt spring. We ought not to bow down to wicked men. If you're going to be righteous, you can't go ahead and just let them do what they're going to do. There's a time to stand in front of them. 
Because righteous men, your church needs a righteous man. You say, why? Because in James chapter 5, you know the spot. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And the Christian says, well, you know, uh, I'm righteous. I've got the righteousness of God, so I'm righteous. That's not what he's talking about. You've got righteousness for all of eternity when we got saved. We know that, but we understand that our righteousness right now dictates our relationship with our Savior. And if you won't be righteous, your church needs righteous men. And they need a righteous man praying for them and standing in the gap to go ahead and pray when they can't reach him and they can't understand and they don't know what's happening. They need righteous men who will be able to say what needs to be said or do what needs to be done so that they can go ahead and have a prayer go up in front of a God that can move and can be effectual and will be able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that we ask or think. We need righteous men. We need good men. We need righteous men. And as already was mentioned by Pastor Dunbar this morning, look over at Proverbs chapter 28. Verse number 20. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. A faithful man. A faithful man abounds with blessings. We ought to be good, we ought to be righteous, and we ought to stay faithful. Now, most of you in here have been faithful for a long time already. I hate to see men quit before they finish. And I want to encourage you today, you've been good men, I believe. I believe you've been righteous men. Stay faithful. Finish. Finish. We understand in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 that it's required among stewards but that a man be found faithful. Just stay faithful. Stay faithful to being good men. Stay faithful to being righteous men. Stay faithful to the one who gave his life and gave all so that you and I could have what we have today. In Luke chapter 16, he reminds us that if we won't be faithful with others, we won't be faithful with what they have. He says, oh, why would I trust you with anything? He's given us great charge. He counts us as faithful, putting us into the ministry. Then we ought to stay that way. We ought to continue to be faithful men. We understand as time goes on and you get to Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 6, he asks that fateful question and that fearful question ultimately, but a faithful man who can find. And I hope when a trumpet sounds, I think it's going to be soon. Of course, Paul thought it was going to be soon, so I guess we could be wrong again. Uh, but we think it could be soon. I'd, I'd hate to stop before he sounds a trumpet. I'd hate to quit. You realize our Savior, our Savior, he was a good man. In fact, in John chapter 10, he was called the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. We know that in 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul gets to the end of his life and he says that he's ready to be offered in the time of his departure's hand. He's fought the good fight. He's finished the course. He's kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge. The Lord was righteous. He's righteous and he's good. 
And in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse number 24, it is faithful as he that calleth you who also will do it. He's a faithful God. He should demand no less of his servant. We ought to be good. We ought to be righteous. And we ought to be faithful. Would to God when we stand in front of him, he'd be able to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Wouldn't that be a great ending? Gentlemen, I know you're already these things. I want to encourage you to finish that way. Father, I pray you would bless the moment. Lord, you're good to us. You've been good to us. And I pray this morning it was a blessing and an encouragement and a help. Father, I pray you'd just be with the rest of these preachers. Help Brother Salini, help Brother King. Help them to preach with clarity of thought and mind. That you would get the praise in Jesus' name. Amen.